This podcast contains some strong language and themes that listeners may find upsetting. Listener's discretion is advised. What does nothing sound like? How would you describe the absence of everything? This, this nothingness, this emptiness. That's the only way I can describe it. It's, it's almost like you're a hollow vessel. You're just, you're not part of the world. You're just in it. I feel like I just become numb. Just this feeling that you, you can't shake. It's really hard to describe. One in four people in the UK have a mental health disorder. So how many of your mates and family have you spoken to about it? One of the most important things is to have an open conversation about the relationship we have with mental health, especially in times like these. So that's what I did. This is Mood for Thought. Looks like honey. I've fucking clue what that is. Drink it. <laughs> no, I'll dip a chip in it. Dip a chip in it. I'll, I'll go in. My name is Jordan Maloney. I am 25 years old. I'm from Essex. Originally grew up in Basildon, but I moved out to Chelmsford. And I have depression and anxiety. This is me being like completely honest. Like I've never spoken like this with you, so it's quite weird. I'm sweating so bad. <laughs> have I got bad sweat marks? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, this top is the worst. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's it's because it's a colour that accentuates it. It like really captures the, the sweat patch. Really You're right that side. Just fine. You're not impressing no one. So yeah. True. It's all good. Malone's the best mate of mine. I'd occasionally ask him if he was all right, and he'd say yes. So I never really asked about mental health. The worst moments that I remember vividly is feeling so bad that I feel ashamed to talk to my friends about it or my family and I'm sitting in my room, it's dark and I'm crying to myself. That That is a dark down moment for me and I guess it's, that's one of, the, one of my worst behaviours because I don't reach out to anyone. That's really hard, you know, to feel like you're on your own and because of the because of the fear of talking to someone about it and, and feeling so ashamed and embarrassed and the thing that triggers that off could be something small it could be waking up and feeling a bit down and then it, and it spirals and you ruminate and you and you have these thoughts that continuously sort of come out of nowhere and you go in a cycle and you know I've I've had to I've had to have sick days off work because of mental health you know and and that feels shameful almost. So a horrible question to ask is, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, I mentioned about the breakdown that I had several years ago. So this was in 2017, it was Christmas time. And it was a really bad time of year for me um, because of stuff that was going on at home. I won't go into the details of it, but I, I have tried to as well. And I know this is probably shocking to you, but I'm able to talk about it quite emotionlessly 
uh, and objectively and I look back and I think okay that happened and I won't mention the name but my, my friend took me in he took me in for a week and without that I, you know I worry of what would have happened but I was able to fall back on someone and you know not only have I had thoughts but I've also tried and for me to come out the other side of that and live and live a happy life or as, as happy as I can is the, the strongest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Ever. So evidently this wasn't your normal pub chat. But why wasn't it a normal pub chat? Why can't it be a normal pub chat? And how has my best friend gone through something like this and I didn't have a clue? So I wanted to dig a bit deeper and try and find out what some of these triggers were. Definitely messing up at work. You know, and it sounds so cliche, but genuinely, you know, I, I, I love my work and, you know, I want to do well. So when I mess up there, you know, that, that does impact me. Another trigger would be, you know, some stuff in my past, my, my real dad. Uh, when I think about my real dad, I've, I've only met him once and he tried to contact me recently and that was a trigger, 100%. 100%. Um, I'm distant from my family at the moment and, you know, that's within my control. I can see them, but there's always been a friction between me and certain members of my family and I guess feeling a separation from them triggers me. I would even argue that I'm closer to my friends than my family. We're probably all quite similar in, in ways, you know, even like politically and we're all kind of there for each other, I, I think so anyway. Yeah. But my family, you know, we've got quite opposing views. My mum's very religious, I'm not. We grew up with a bit of friction between us because of that. She understands about my mental health, but I told my stepdad about it and he said, oh, why do you feel like that? You know, your life's good. And he means well, but in reality, anyone, no matter how good their life is, they can feel terrible, you know, Tyson Fury. Yeah. He's a, he's a world champion boxer and he still gets it. Of course, yeah. Yeah. With different generations growing up and learning more about mental health, people are more aware of the problem, but there is, of course, still a long way to go. Currently, this sort of global shift in understanding mental health, which is fantastic. There's this sort of people are saying, you know what, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't be asked to go into work and walk on it the next day. So if you're depressed, you shouldn't have to go into work and work the next day. Laura has studied psychology and as well as working in the field, she also suffers from depression and anxiety. There's this understanding, but whether that's put into practice, I don't think it's quite there yet. I'm very fortunate in where I do work for a psychology company, I was given exactly the support I needed in my job. But I think in terms of actually making a difference, I think it needs to come from lower down. I think you need to be taught about your mental health from, from a very young age. You know, we're taught, taught about physical health, we do PE from age five, six. But we're never taught about our mental health, which does seem quite silly really, particularly because there's 20% of reception children are now suffering with anxiety related disorders because of the pressure we're putting them under. If teachers could abandon this idea of bad emotions, because we're often told if we're sad, that's not good. If we're angry, that's not good. Whereas actually all these emotions are good. They're just how you're feeling. It's the behavior that you then show that matches that. You're allowed to be angry, that's fine, but you're not allowed to hit people. I think the emotional literacy and then sort of through education, more understanding of, of mental health and what it means and what support there is. So integrating it into our education system is a little bit out of our depth, but in terms of having a conversation, we can do that with everyone. Being open, asking a friend, let's change stigma. 
it's okay to talk about how you feel and you should not expect to be judged. And thankfully, that swing is already in motion. So it's kind of like, it comes back, it's like a little spring. It will like, sometimes it will be bad and then it will go and then it will come back again. Um, but I've probably struggled with my mental health since I was like 17. My name is Shreya, I'm 24 and I'm from Ipswich. I asked Shreya how open she was about her mental health. Oh yeah, like all of my friends and family, like all my... And I'm quite open with it as well on like Instagram and stuff. If I'm feeling like it, I'll share easily. I then went on to ask how important that was. Personally, I think that's quite vital because like I need a lot of reassurance. Um, so like my friends know to reassure me in that time. And also if I'm acting a bit different, I always, I'm quite a sharer anyway. I like to keep everyone in the loop. So for me, I like people to know it's almost like a weight off my chest as well, that I'm not dealing with it alone. Like I know I'm not expecting anyone else to deal with it for me, but at least they can come and help me and like, just like sit with me, chat with me through it without me having to ask them kind of thing. So it comes more easily to some rather than others, but everyone should have someone to talk to and bottling it up isn't good for anyone. So to give a bit of context, I don't really talk to anyone about it, apart from you on this podcast. <laughs> and and uh, I've told my line manager about it because I think it's important for them to know. My mum and my nan and you know my general family know, but they don't know. They don't know, no. My brother knows. He knows me inside out. He's, he's had the same thing his whole life, right? But I don't really speak to him that much. I moved out and, you know, I don't really speak to my friends as much as I should about it. I definitely don't lean on them when I feel down. I guess, you know, socializing with my friends and they don't even know that they're helping me out, which is quite weird. But just, you know, going for a pint, you know, going play around a top golf, watching the football, going out, you know, general things. Without my friends, I'd be nothing. You said they don't know that they're helping you. Do you think that if they knew they would be different or would you want them to be different? I wouldn't want it to be different. I'd want, I'd want them just to listen maybe. And they do, like, don't get me wrong, they 100% do. Like, my housemate, he, he gets it. You get it, I'd hope so. Yeah. I've got like a, probably about five or six friends that really do get it and that I've lent on before. So they do, they do know, but I guess lately where I've been trying to tell myself I'm fine, you know, I've moved out, I've got a newish job, everything's fine. But then there's something in the back of my head saying, oh, you, you still need to lean on people. And it makes me feel almost ashamed. Yeah. And I don't want to feel like that. And I know my friends wouldn't, wouldn't care. And within my sort of inner circle, I, I know they haven't from the past treated me any differently. I'm confident that there's no stigma amongst my, my close group of friends. Yeah. yeah. As a friend of Malone's, it's absolutely devastating to hear this. But this is why it's so important for everyone to spark the topic of mental health, because you never know who could be suffering. It's not an easy topic to deal with, but the benefit will eventually outweigh the awkward start or the instant sweat patches. Saying that, knowing that you should have the conversation with someone and having that conversation are two completely different things. Lena Kalau, I am born and raised in Essex, Harlow, but I'm well, I'm Cypriot background, so I'm half Greek. My dad's Cypriot. Mum's um, from London. Yeah. Everyone calls me Smirk, but because just growing up, I'd always have a big smirk on my face. I'd say my main things is that I've definitely struggled at a, a time with serious depression for a, 
a good couple of years, but things like anxiety is something that I think I've just learned to deal with in a sense. Hi, my name is Carly Sower. I am 22 years old and I'm from Chigwell. I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 18. I wouldn't say I've been severely depressed since then. I'd say I've had little ups and downs, but mostly I deal with my anxiety day to day. I'm Kieran Gordon, I'm from Buckersteel, also in Essex. Smirk, Carly and Kieran are all in the same friendship group and I wanted to get them all into a room to discuss how they help each other when they are feeling like they need support. Yeah, I think we all really engage when we feel down. Like, I think we really can tell each other. Or we kind of do it for each other a bit. Like, we'll be like, as for our partner, we're quite good for that. Like, might be like, Kier's feeling a bit down or Laura's feeling a bit down. I don't, I feel it's more, see me personally, I won't really get into details, but I am still quite clear about when I'm feeling down or stressed or things like that. I think I don't like being fussed over. I think these lot know when to not fuss over me. Like I like to be able to just sometimes rant and then be like, okay, I don't want to actually talk about it. I just want to talk it out and then just be like left alone and just like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. These were, well, there's no advice, but I've never said anything, maybe once. But I probably still never would. Yeah. Do you, would you ever think about seeing professional help or even just like going to smirk and say, Probably not. No. I feel like that's something we should probably maybe like, work on at yeah, some point yeah, because I feel like you know what I deal with indirect from the girls and vice versa. But every time we see each other, I'm like, all right, mate, yeah, cool, yeah, sweet. No. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I'm a bit of a silent sufferer. And do you think that helps or hinders? Definitely don't help. <laughs> yeah. I but, think what Smoke just said is a good idea, mate. It's a re do you know what? It's a really good idea, but I probably still never would. It helps talking about things all the time, but I just couldn't bring myself to it. Having a conversation like these guys did can take a massive weight off people's back, but it can also show you how much progress there is to be made. My name's Charlotte Jefferson. I'm 22 years old and uh, I'm diagnosed with uh, depression and anxiety and also PTSD. I've known Charlotte for about three years and we've been close for about two of them. We've spoken very little about mental health over our friendship. It definitely fluctuates. Um, it's a strange one because I've started to write a journal of um, how I feel because a lot of the time I don't really understand why my emotions are doing what they do and it's like one moment I'll feel quite normal let's say and then the next moment I'll feel just horrible and I'll be like why am I feeling like this there's no need for me to feel like this. I'd say I'm pretty open about my mental health um, I've spoke to a lot of people about it beforehand I think it's something that people really do need to be open about because it's so hard struggling on your own and for, for ages I struggled on my own. I didn't really know how, what it was or how to speak to people about it. I was kind of ashamed about it. Um, but the more I was told that it was normal and a lot of people experience it, the more I kind of thought, oh, okay, well, if you experience it, I can speak to you about it and we can work through it together. But I was very aware of it from a young age because um, both of my parents met in a mental health hospital. So I've, I've always known what mental health is, so. There was no stigma around it with my mum because she was very clear about it. Removing that stigma can really help in opening people up. Taking that step of having that conversation with someone you are close to is daunting. And I've recently experienced that while making this documentary. Speaking to many different people who are close friends of mine is difficult enough, but with a family member, it's a little bit different. I didn't let Laura fully introduce herself. 
I'm Laura, I'm 24, and I'm your sister, if you didn't know. I've always learned about Laura's mental health condition secondhand through my parents, and I was a little bit nervous about speaking to her as I thought I might get emotional. However, she's a healthcare professional, so I know that she's more comfortable talking about it than I am. When I describe it to people that have experienced it, they go, oh yeah, yeah, you just feel nothing. If you've experienced it, you, you get it. To describe it, literally nothing is worth your time. Anything you think about doing or anything you do, so whether it's making a cup of tea, having a shower, chatting to friends, mate, having some dinner, none of it's worth your time. I think a lot of people think of depression as severe sadness, which it is, but there's sort of different levels. So past this severe sadness, it is just this, this nothingness, this emptiness. So I suppose if you can imagine a life without feeling love or happiness or even sadness, as much as we don't like to feel sad, at least we can feel it. You're doing everything because I suppose society tells you you have to. So going to work, you're doing it because you have to. Talking to people, you're doing it because you feel like you have to. Even physical pain, although you can, you can feel it, because you can feel it's there, you don't have anything to react to it. You don't, you don't have that, oh, oh God, that hurts. It's just, it's just sort of there, you just, you just, you just move with it. It's like, okay, well, that's that then. People have felt anxious before. You know, everyone has that fight or flight. Everyone's felt scared before. So you could say, imagine feeling really, really scared all the time. Whereas saying, imagine feeling nothing to the point where you don't want to feel nothing anymore. Like you'll happily say, right, I'm, I'm out. Like I don't want to be alive anymore because, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling anything anyway. So almost like a burden on everyone because you're giving nothing to them. You can't take anything from them. So it's almost like you're this, yeah, this sort of blob just going about, I suppose, and then you can perceive that as almost like a waste of space because you're, t you're zapping up energy that you can't use, you're zapping up people's resources that you can't access. Did you ever feel like you, it was, it was like time, like you were like done? Yeah. Yeah, I, but I think, again, this is where the social network comes into it, this support network. I was very fortunate in that all my close people, so like family and friends, would would never allow that. I know that sounds silly that no one would ever allow someone to, to do that, but even feeling that way, I was completely aware of how Although I was feeling that way, I was aware of how supported and loved I was. I don't know, although I couldn't, I suppose, feel the love and accept the love. Yeah. I was aware it was there. Maybe if they don't have that awareness or if they, don't get me wrong, like I, I was in a bad way, but people have been in much, much worse states than that. Um, even with loved ones, they may they may get, get to the end, get to the end of their tether sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Constantly, Reminded whether I liked it or not, <laughs> that I was loved and cared for. After it was finished, I knew more about the situation and I felt so much more comfortable. So now, hopefully, it can benefit me and my sister. Having that support system there can prevent people from committing suicide. People need to know that they're valued. 
and having a conversation can do that. A lot of the people I've spoken to have been diagnosed with mental health disorders and it's important to speak to them about it. But arguably it's more important to speak to those that don't know they have a mental health disorder. I've, I've got an explanation now for why I felt like I did. At the same time I was like, and now I'm harboured with this, this, this thing, this mental, mental illness. And so from 14 to 22, there was not even knowing I had something and then, and then I found out what it was. And then from that, from 22, I'm 25 now. I'm still frustrated to this day about it. I've by no means got it under control, but I've definitely worked out coping mechanisms. I've definitely, you know, had really good moments and periods of my life. I'm on medication now and that, and that really evens me out. But it always comes back to bite you and I, I've by no means got it under control properly. One of the things that I was trying to do this year is sort of like not, not be ashamed of uh, speaking about mental health because in the past I have felt like that. So I'm glad I'm doing this. If you've been affected by anything in this podcast, please don't hesitate to contact someone. Such organisations like Mind or Calm are always available. If there's anything that you take away from this, it's just ask a friend if they're okay. Speak to them about their mental health. Make it more of a common occurrence. Let's try and get rid of the stigma by just having a conversation. It might give you a bit of mood for thought.